Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. A great many of the citizens of Austin have banded together to put together Austin's first aqua festival. The theme of this aqua festival is fun for everyone. Particularly for those who love the water, we have a canoe race, a ski tournament, fishing contest in our highland lakes, and a big water parade. This water parade will be at night, and will be lighted, and it'll be on our own town lake. There'll be band concerts, and a religious festival with a well-known religious leader for our edification and our enjoyment in that phase of the festival. We're going to have a bathing beauty contest with bathing beauties from all over central Texas. Two big nights of firework displays. We believe that there's something for everybody. Austin Aqua Festival. It's going to be fine for the many visitors that it'll bring to Austin and Bonner, it's also going to be good for our community. Welcome back to the show. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. From the Austin American Statesman. And this is a topic that even in the short run since we have launched this show. That's right. We started getting emails and comments about Aquafest. When, you, want, when are all, you going to talk about Aquafest? They all want Aquafest. <laughs> they all want Aquafest. And this is exciting for me because this is something I have very distinct memories of. Right. And I, I think... A lot of people listening who are mostly new to Austin, let's be honest, <laughs> most of the people here are new compared to the Aquafest era. You might be shocked at what was going down at Auditorium Shores, is which, what we called it then, Vic Mateus Shores, right? right? Uh, now, and Lady Bird Lake, which we called Town Lake then. There was a lot of activity that you'd go, really? They did that <laughs> in Austin, on in downtown? All kinds of things. Uh, a lot of it like kiddie contests, fishing contests, canoeing contests. But it was motorboat drag races, which were really, really controversial. Drag races on, on Town Lake. On Town Lake. Yes. And then parades, a boat parade and a parade down Congress Avenue and then music and food booths. Before it was at Autorum Shores, it was a- across the lake over in East Austin at Fiesta Gardens, and it was a big, big deal in town. There was no bigger deal in town mm-hmm. for a long, long time. And let's give people context of time. This predated South by Southwest, by def- definitely ACL Fest, and started in 1962 That's right. by, by the Chamber. The, the Chamber of Commerce, because here's what happened is 
they built the lake because they dammed up the, the, the river at the Longhorn Dam there because they needed water to cool the controversial Holly Street power plant. Thus was born Town Lake. And it was Town Lake, to remind people, because they didn't name it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people shot down Tonkawa Lake or other lakes, uh, names. But it was called Town Lake by a statesman reporter just because there was no official name for it. Really? And he was the one who got it named. And now it's Lady Bird Lake. Immediately, the Chamber of Commerce was going, we could really commercialize this. Now, there are a lot of forces against uh. them. You know, the environmental groups, the neighborhood groups, the parks groups that had a very different idea of the lake, which is, and they were the winners. The, the Chamber of Commerce went, look, we've got August. What can we do with August? The students are gone. The legislators are gone. The kids are restless. The school kids. Business is slow. How can we bring people to Austin and have a good time? There were a lot of skeptics, but in the end, two years after the lake was formed, the first Aquafest was held. I didn't, re- I didn't put the two and two together on the I timing am. of the lake. Oh, yeah. You can't have lake activities without a lake. <laughs> yeah, I've met, my daughter's in water sports, and I've met some old school skiers and wakeboarders mm-hmm. that were like, oh, yeah, we used to compete on uh, Town Lake. Yeah. It was the norm. And that just, now we look out there and there's no motorboats. There's, you know, rowing. Very few. There's kayaking and stand-up paddleboarding. Is the taken Serene over. Lake. The Serene Lake was what they would call it. This is what... People who were against all this activity on the lake. You know, you've got Lake Austin, you've got Lake Travis. But the locus for for a lot of the uh, showcases for skiing and stuff like that was Festival Beach, which was an old dredged out area near the the old U.S. hatchery uh, on a lagoon on the north side of the river. It was where people gathered. And then Fiesta Gardens, a couple of years in, was added as a place that had a little music venue, stage, and indoor places to go to get out of the heat. I can you imagine how hot it was. I know, right? <laughs> I don't, we didn't maybe didn't know better then about. Maybe we weren't as whiny about the heat then. Well, <laughs> we would just dip in the water. Now I'm going to take it. A, we'll get to the concert part of it in a right, second. Right. But this is the part I remember as a kid. So my uh, my best friend and and growing up in Georgetown, his father was in the motorsports and was the president of a club called Texas Spoke Sports Car Club. So picture this. If you think it's nutty enough that they were doing water sports and drag boat racing, (laughs) which moved to Marble Falls, by the way, there was car racing on Riverside. On Riverside. And around Palmer Auditorium. Exactly. And motorcycles, Mm -hmm. go-karts, they had all kinds of racing. And I have an old poster I'll have to sh- send you a picture of sometime. It was called River City Road Races. Right. It was part of Aquafest. It was. In fact, I, after my story on Aquafest came out this summer, this is 2020, a driver from that, from those road races, called, uh, got a hold of me and was talking to me about it. But yeah, the, uh, you can imagine how the residents of Travis Heights felt about <laughs> right. that. I mean, not only were their roads closed off, but right. they couldn't even understand each other. Another person who got a hold of me his father was a preacher at a church in East Austin, and he had to stop 
his sermon every time uh, a drag boat race uh, started. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't a minor irritation. No, it was loud. These yeah. are loud motorsports. Not quite F1. Right, but. right. Very, very loud. I have some old pictures from it, and it's just, you see Riverside, and you look in the background, and you're like, uh, where's the city? <laughs> <laughs> it's missing well, from that picture. And, they, and, and that's really a good observation, because part of the reason for all these different uh, festivals and foot races and so forth was to bring back people downtown. Because since the 1950s, downtown had been emptying out, white flight. People have been going to the suburbs, and I should explain that because young people listening might not remember this, but when they integrated schools, beginning in the 1950s, white families that didn't want their kids to socialize with blacks or go to school with them simply left AISD and went out into a suburban district and moved out, you know, beyond the... And so the... Downtown became uh, deserted. And so the Chamber of Commerce and all these other groups that were pushing for activities were essentially trying to entice people back downtown. Wow. That's wild to think. Because I, I, now I remember when, not that long ago, when Will Wynn became mayor. Mm -hmm. And there were only, at the time he came in, there were only a few hundred residents in downtown right. Austin. Yeah. Not <laughs> and very his many. goal, his goal was to get a couple hundred thousand people and we're well on our way to that. With well, that I, I think in the central district, business district, we're never going to get that high. Uh, I think that interestingly, the, uh, the concept that a lot of people live downtown is spreads far and wide. I had a student who said, most people live downtown. Uh, no. <laughs> it's really not as much as you think. Yeah. Here's some other memories of Aquafest. So I, we moved from Georgetown to Austin. I had a girlfriend and her father, who was an IBM guy, and they were longtime Austinites, was, I forget what his title was. A Commodore, and, uh, an admiral. Yeah. And he was dressed up like Captain Steubing from the Love Boat. Right. It, they, they wore these. In the heat. They wore full naval uniforms. Yes. And they were very, very conscious of all of the regalia on it being appropriately attached. Yes. And, it, it, and, it was a very much a status symbol oh, in Austin. Oh, it was Austin. a huge status symbol to be part of the Admiral's Club or whatever the groups. I should explain that what they were trying to do is give the festival a definite identity. They had done their research and they got a lot of ribbing. The first year when they all came out in Navy uniforms, right? Naval type uniforms, yeah, yeah. but it stuck, and the people uh, were absolutely. That's one of the things they remember. Do you remember? It? I remember it because it it was like, oh my gosh, because your your dad can get us backstage, right? To, 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 to the show, their job was to put on to to crown a, a festival queen. An Aquafest mm -hmm. queen. And that's not the same as Miss Aquafest because these are two different beauty contests. Uh, Miss Aquafest was like Miss America or okay. something. But the Aquafest queen was high society for Austin. Really? That was, they had princesses and the princesses and queens visited queens and princesses in other cities. Oh, wow. And, and it still goes on with the symphony ball. It's amazing. And 
The Admiral's Club is still around, and they're still crowning queens. Really? Yes. <laughs> Wait, there's an, an Admiral's Club for Without Austin an Aquafest. With no event. Uh, ten years that I covered the social scene, I never got an invitation to an huh. Admiral's Club event. I never even got anybody to admit they were still in the Admiral's Club. But. Huh. Is it a civic or- organization? Yeah, or it's kind of, kind of a business. It's more return? social. Social. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's what what passes for high society in Austin. So back to the uh, the concerts, they would have. This shows some of the heritage of Austin. I think right. they would. I know they would have a German night and a Czech night and a Mexican night. Uh, I think an Italian night one year. It's like country night, rock night, right? Yeah. Blues night, uh, soul night. And back when they were over uh, in Fiesta Gardens, you know, it didn't have that big a capacity. You, you know, you'd have the Czech band playing and the the people in their Czech outfits doing polka dancing. <laughs> right. And but uh, once they moved to to Auditorium Shores, Victor Matias Shores, and by the way, Victor Matias was the longtime uh, president or CEO of the Chamber of Commerce. And so he was the one who was running this every year, basically. And Mm -hmm. that's why they named Auditorium Shores after him. Although we're among the few people who ever call it by its current name. People still say Auditorium Shores. Saying Lady Bird Lake has been an adjustment, but I finally come around. Yeah. But if you grew up saying Town Lake and Auditorium Shores, it was... Uh, but anyway, yes, when they once they moved to the South Shore and they had a bigger stage and a bigger area for audience, they uh, started bringing national acts. Mm-hmm. And then also with that comes pushback. Again, yeah. you mentioned Travis Heights, and oh yeah, which is a neighborhood I live in, which would be one of the closest. Closest, you'd think it'd be louder, you know, into the Zilker and Bolden neighborhood, but. Pushback from those neighborhoods. Well, beginning in the early 70s, and let's not forget this is the period when uh, the Chicano movement was really getting underway and organizing. While it was still on the north side, the the complaints included the noise of the drag boat races, but also everybody parking like Mm, in their yards and the littering that always goes on with these things. It was a pitched battle, and and the neighborhood activists, the Chicano activists, demonstrated again and again. At one point, there was some police brutality, which is topical. Hmm. Then finally, by a single vote cast by Carol Keaton, uh, who was mayor, they shut down the boat races, and they moved the, the concerts to the South Shore. Wow. I remember going to those concerts. It was a big deal. Who was the biggest act you think you saw? <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's it's. I remember going to see Joaquin Carrasco. Oh wow, I which I him. really enjoyed. That was fun. That was more of a local thing. Yeah. Well, they but, went back to local in the '90s because with their experiment with national acts, they weren't professionals. They about. weren't C three. They they were not C three. <laughs> Our I live mean, nation. Exactly. <laughs> These were city officials they trying didn't to put know up, be concert about promoters. Risk. They didn't know about backstage perks. They didn't know about uh, anything. And so they started. They got in over their head. Way over there. And they just started bleeding money. I think the outfield was a big show. Do you remember the <laughs> I outfield? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> Your Love was a big song. Uh, You'll recognize it. I'd play it for you on here, but you know the rules with podcasts. Right. So you can't do that. We get flagged. But. Well, their their biggest 
downfall was booking Dolly Parton. Now, everybody loves Dolly Parton. Oh, my gosh. Really? But they didn't show up. For whatever reason, I, and they kept jacking up the prices, for one thing, uh, for the concerts. Because, you know, you bought the skipper pin yes. for between a little plastic anchor with a, a, a wheel around it, and it was a dollar or two dollars or three dollars, depending on the year. But after that, you did have to pay for the ticket to the concert, and that was... The, Separately from your skipper, uh, yes. which got you into everything. Yeah, you, it, there were still entry fees for a lot of things, but the skipper pen was kind of like, I'm, I voted on your, on your chest. <laughs> right, it's like, right. I was there. But Dolly Parton uh, charged $100,000, and in those days, that may as well be $10 million. They lost... $300,000 that year Whoops. and again the next year almost that much so they went through all of their uh, cash and by 1998 it, it died. Ah, Wow, I can't imagine seeing Dolly. That's still a bucket list thing for me to see Dolly. That would be great. I haven't seen her either. I can't just gloss over the skipper pens because you will still hear Austinites reference Oh, I have a skipper pen. Yeah. I didn't look on eBay. Maybe there's some still trade. Oh, there is. Trade. Is oh, there? there is. Oh, yeah. No, there's a Facebook page for Aquafest alumni. Oh, my gosh. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't have 1963. Oh, I wow. need to get that. And they were, came in different colors. And they were sort of theme. Like, for instance, the two years during that stretch of time that uh, the Longhorns won the national championship, they were orange and white, of course. But people are still buying and selling and trading skipper pins. I'm looking on eBay right now. <laughs> to see if there's a... 1985 vintage Austin Aquafest skipper pin, $67 or best offer. What? Uh, $73, $52. Here's 70 through 75 all in one batch, 295 bucks. These cost a dollar. <laughs> They're flimsy little plastic it's, things. There's some. Oh my gosh! There's some great Aquafest memorabilia on eBay. Well, also there out. were T-shirts, there were posters, there were all the things that go with the festival. And uh, but I think just like anything, Americans will obsess on on collecting something. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it is such a heritage name with the Austin? Could we ever see some sort of revival of it with proper promoters, not the Chamber of Commerce? Because haven't the rumblings popped up of some sort of Well, for one thing, uh, and this, I I really admired this, Fun 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 Fest, when it was on Auditorium Shores, started to pick up some of the themes, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the games, some of the graphics uh, from Aquafest, which I thought was a wonderful homage yeah. to, to nostalgia. And as late as 2016, a group of people were promoting the idea of reviving it. I have to say, let it rest. I mean, just for... <laughs> right. I, who wants to be out on the shores <laughs> of Lady Bird Lake in the second week of August? I couldn't even get out on my front porch on the first week of I'll August. I'll do it in October. <laughs> See, now that's, <laughs> that's where all the festivals are now. It's right. all, all spring and fall <clears throat> right. for that very reason. Well, hey, this is a, a pleasure going down memory lane. Austin Aquafest, it definitely takes me back. 
Send your comments, feedback to us. Send it to M Barnes, B A R N E S, at statesman.com. Or J Hager, J H A G E R, at statesman.com. We'd love your comments, feedback, suggestions. A lot of you did suggest ArcaFest, and we, of course, did get to that. And pick up your copies of Indelible Austin. The book Indelible Austin, three volumes. I'm working on the fourth. Is available everywhere but book people, Indelible Austin. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you checking out Austin Found. Pass it on to your friends. Happy trails. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.